I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. The Dateable Podcast features real stories from real people of how they make modern dating work, or not. I'm your host, Yue, former dating coach turned dating insider, if you will. On each episode, you'll hear commentary from my producer, Julie Kraftchik, and other surprise co-hosts. This episode of Dateable is brought to you by 500 Brunches. 500 Brunches connects like-minded people with similar interests to meet in real life over brunch. You answer a quick questionnaire about your interests and how you spend your time, and then they'll match you in small groups of six to eight at a brunch spot in San Francisco. Get a free entry into a brunch now by signing up at 500brunches.com and using the code DATEABLE. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating. Have you guys ever been on like a marathon date of sorts that lasted six, eight, ten hours or so? Guest today <laughs> apparently goes on a lot of these marathons. Her name's Eliza. She's 26 years old. She lives in Waterloo, Ontario, and is from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Hi, Canadian. Our first Hi. Canadian on the show. How exciting. Uh, how exciting. So I I guess, you know, you're saying that you're pretty single right now, but when you were actively dating, you were going on a lot of marathon dates. Tell us about that. Yeah, I guess what would end up happening is I was going online dating. So I was on Bumble. I sort of go on like four dates a week, not every week, but I sort of go on it for a little bit and then turn it off. And I obviously yeah, wasn't going on marathons with every single one of those dates because that would be a bit outrageous. Um, <laughs> there'd be people I would like and, you know, we just sort of seemed to click and I never really saw a reason to end the date. It was sort of like, we still have things to talk about. We're still having fun. Why end the date? But I'm starting to find now that it, it's sort of not paying off to sort of be so gluttonous, you know? So you said that when you were actively dating, you've go on dates as long as 24 hours. How does that yeah, even happen? Was- yeah, walk us through that date. <laughs> yeah, there was a 24 hour long date. That was a bit of a shock. So I I met this guy on this dating app called The Inner Circle. And so he's in Toronto, which is about an hour and a half away. So he decided to drive up to Waterloo. And initially, we decided we were going to go play pool, and then we were going to go out to dinner. Mm -hmm. So he comes, he shows up around 3 o'clock, and then dinner was for 7. So already, I've committed myself to at least four hours. (laughs) So yeah, he, he shows up, we play pool. And then we we went for a walk, we got a coffee, and then we went to dinner. And then, you know, we were both having a really good time. And 
you know, one thing led to the other. So he came back to my place and he stayed the night. And then in the morning we got up and we went for breakfast and then we went for another walk and then he dropped me off and then he uh, went back to Toronto. It sounds like a great night and next morning, but I know you mentioned this causes you problems and being so gluttonous with long dates. (laughs) Why did this cause a problem? Yeah. So in this particular case, there was a bit of extenuating circumstances. So um, after our date, you know, he's still texting me. We're planning our second and third date because I had to go into Toronto to dog sit. So we're like, okay, we'll have a few days together. And he's already, he said, he'll come pick me up midway from Waterloo to Toronto. So I'm sort of thinking, oh yeah, this is all great. You know, he's clearly interested if on Monday he's already talking about picking me up on Saturday Mm -hmm. and then I don't really hear from him on Saturday and then he sort of texts me around five o'clock saying look I'm not sure I'm going to make our date and turns out he had torn his ACL MCL and meniscus in one shot Damn. So he's kind of <laughs> from, yeah. from doing what? He went hiking and I guess his leg just kind of gave out Wow wow he used to play sports, so I think he was a bit broken down. Um, and it's actually called the terrible triad. This is the thing that happens to athletes when they just everything tears, and oh, it's pretty. Damn. It's yeah, it's pretty serious. Okay, so he surgery. had pretty <laughs> extenuating circumstances to get out of this. Game. In our world, the horrible <laughs> triad is a relationship between three people that didn't go well. <laughs> I guess it's a different horrible triad. A different triad. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Um, and so obviously I'm not, I'm not upset. I mean, I'm disappointed. I wanted to see him for sure, but I'm, I'm in no way mad. You know, it's understandable. He, he can't see me. But then what ends up happening is I'm in this really weird situation where I sort of, I want to text him and sort of check up on him, but I don't really know him well enough to know if maybe he wants more space or if, if I don't check up on him, if he'd find it kind of offensive. And so, you know, we sort of message back and forth for a little bit. And then it just gets to a point where I don't really want to just walk away from it because we went on this one date that was technically five dates in one, you know, and you feel like you really know them and you feel like you really clicked. So you can't just walk away as if it was one bad date, like, ah, whatever, moving on. But on the other hand, we don't really know each other in any real way enough that we could deal with the situation, so to speak. So... Eventually, you know, he would text me and sort of text me less. When he would text me, he would still say things like, oh, I missed you. I'm thinking about you. All these things that kind of keep you invested. And then eventually I just said, like, I'm, I feel like you don't really know what you want. And I understand you have all these things you're dealing with. But, you know, I don't I don't know what to do either. And then I'm constantly like kind of waiting around on him. And I just got kind of tired of it. You guys yeah. never saw each other again? No, we never saw each other again. Wow. That one uh, marathon date, and that was it. So when we talked, you mentioned your friends were saying that they think the, the problem is because you're going on these long dates. Mm-hmm. What is your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I agree with it in many ways. And I think it's in part because I've spoken to my friends and they have similar things. I think it comes down to, we joked that we went on five dates, right? And we kind of did. We played pool, breakfast, dinner, coffee. <laughs> <laughs> but if you spread those five dates over a month or two months, you're still getting to know the person in between yeah. those times, right? So. I think that adds a lot to your understanding of the person. So it's not just about the date. It's about the time in between when you're reflecting on it and you're still interacting with them and 
yeah, maybe you find out that they're not a, per a morning person. So texting them in the morning is not a good idea, right? All these things that you're still learning about the person, even if you're not actually on the date. And so I think when you go on, yeah, these marathon dates, it's fun. You don't want to, you don't want to end it, but it's, it's kind of harmful because you feel more intimate with the person than you actually are. Mm. And then I think what ends up happening is I tend to um, <laughs> clearly throw myself into these things pretty aggressively and I feel like I know them really well. And mm -hmm. then I get kind of confused. So for example, when he's texting me, I miss you, but I hadn't heard from him in four days. I'm getting kind of irritated because I'm like, well, no, you don't. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. You don't have to miss me, but don't say it then. Yeah. Right. I so that's, Kind of. I, I think the problem is not that you go on long dates, is that you think long dates are an indicator of yeah. a lasting relationship or a positive mm -hmm. indicator. But what we found for modern dating with the guests we've had on the show, time spent on a date really doesn't mean anything. It just means that you, you enjoy spending time together. It doesn't mean that there is a future in that, right. unfortunately. But I can totally mm. see where you're coming from because it does give you a false sense of intimacy, yep. especially when intimacy is involved. <laughs> then it gets a little bit you know, confusing because you basically spent a whole day together as like a couple, really, right? Yeah. And then to take that away and say, well, okay, that connection was only for 24 hours. Hours. It's hard to accept. How do we get around the mindset that, you know, just spending time together doesn't really necessarily mean anything? Right. And I think your expectations become higher too. Yeah. Because, mm -hmm. like, you expect more from this person than if you had only gone to, like, coffee with them, which is yeah. the challenge. But at the same time, like, if you're having a good time, like, there's people that are like, I'm only going to be at a date for an hour. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm going to, like, have these really rigid timelines or I'm going to have an excuse to go, like, meet friends after dinner or something that's problematic too because you're not like really giving someone a chance to like express who they are and form that connection with them mm -hmm. so I don't know what that right balance is well I wonder if some of the problem too is texting mm -hmm. because then it, it's so easy to constantly be in touch yeah and yeah I think I I generally enjoy being in a relationship and so I sort of I almost revert to a boyfriend girlfriend mode very early on even though I'm aware it's a bit you know it's unfounded you know you go on one date they're not your boyfriend I'm, I understand that but if they're texting you every morning good morning yeah it's this weird thing but then all of a sudden they stop doing it and mm -hmm. so you're like well yeah we were on one date you're not my boyfriend I shouldn't I don't expect you to talk to me every day but at the same time once the precedence gets set then you're in this weird limbo where you're not, you don't, again, you don't know them. You don't know what their texting style is, but now all of a sudden they're not texting you anymore. And it's this weird, you know, you're like, well, why aren't you texting me good morning anymore? Did he, was he expecting you to go visit him? So he came up the first time and then I had told him that I had to go to Toronto anyways. And I had said a few times I would come over to his house after the accident. I was like, yeah, if you just want to hang out at your place, I'm happy to come over. Mm. Um, but he was at, he was staying at his parents' place and then he came up with some weird, he was saying some weird excuses for why I wanted to call him one day. He's like, Oh, my parents are asleep and I don't want to bother them. I was like, what do you mean? Are you in the room with your parents? It just, it, clearly he was trying to fob me off yeah. a bit. So. But then that goes back to not knowing someone well enough. Like I kind of see his perspective of yeah. like, this is a girl mm -hmm. I met for 24 hours and like we slept together once. Like it's kind of weird to have her to my parents' place. 
or like oh, even yeah. observing like on the phone like even if they were asleep like if they're like oh who are you talking i don't know you just like revert back to like high school mode i think <laughs> yeah. and it's just like it's like do sometimes people just don't want to like have those conversations with their parents until it's something that's more defined well i also think he lives with his parents that's your theory uh-huh. <laughs> well i mean i think the whole texting thing is really interesting that you brought up eliza because it's like you made a comment like he was like i miss saying he missed you but then wouldn't text you for four days mm-hmm. but i think mm-hmm. like you brought up like yeah, in theory, it's great if someone texts you every day, like, good morning, but that also could mean nothing. Mm-hmm. That could just be mm-hmm. the way they are, is that they're really, like, attached to their phone and super text-oriented. And then it could be someone like this that may like, – you just don't know his texting habits, like you pointed out. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. he might not really be that type of person, so he might actually miss you even though he isn't texting you all the time. Right. It's just hard to know because, like you said, you don't know him well enough. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the main problem with <laughs> – yeah, it's not just, as you said, going on these long dates. It's the – expectations that come out of it and I think I definitely looking back at some of the other people I've dated the dates that do go longer I do sort of hold more expectations on whereas yeah the short two-hour dates it's like oh yeah okay it'd be nice to see you again but I'm not expecting them to text me good morning But, but also if you don't do it like it's hard to make a connection happen like if you do just go for like a coffee for an hour like what's the odds of a connection happening in that short period right i do yeah. think it, it's good to set some boundaries for yourself especially for these nighttime dates to have something going on the next morning so that mm-hmm. you don't end the date too late because you have a good excuse oh i have to get up for this workout or i have to do this in the morning we shouldn't deprive ourselves of spending time with someone we like but we should also have some control over the time in the first couple of days right or especially mm-hmm. since you know it's a problem for you and like it causes <laughs> you to have <laughs> or just like the expectation set and like disappointment so you know that you might need to like take things a little slower than you are doing today yeah it's just one of those things i find it interesting because i just view it so positively i'm like we're both having fun where we seem to be getting along so i i don't see any reason to end it you know what i mean in during the day because you're like well why would i right but then yeah now i'm sort of thinking well you can still enjoy it you save some for later essentially is what it's coming down to right or just know that if the connection is real this sort of time spent together will happen again right so you don't need to concentrate it all on one night yeah but i also would argue that if the connection is real then it probably would continue even if you did have this marathon date and sleepover i mean this situation just sounded like other life things got in the way if you really thought you had a connection with this guy maybe it's worth just hitting him up now and just seeing what things are going on i know i know it's like months later but like what's the harm like you're already not seeing him yeah again. how long ago is this i'm uh, not even that long maybe a month ago oh yeah, yeah. i mean i feel it like such, it definitely does seem like a valid reason that you guys stop seeing each other like mm-hmm. he like I guess like you've said it like you don't know what he was going through if he was in like excruciating pain maybe like texting you wasn't the first thing on his mind like <laughs> how I don't dare know. I think, he I think sometimes it's like giving someone the benefit of the doubt that there are things that are out of control and really have no indication how much they like or don't like you right mm-hmm. yeah I can't, it, it's sort of I guess it does come back though 
in any other situation, we'd say, well, it's one date. Is it really worth the mental anguish, you know? But it wasn't just one date. It was multiple dates in one. And you felt the connection <laughs> yeah. with them. So I think yeah. like, yeah, if it was just one date that was like, man, maybe it's not worth reaching out like three months later. But if it was something, <laughs> I guess, just like, what do you have to lose at this point? I think we should also try to figure out a way to decipher what's the difference between a connection versus companionship. Yeah. I've gone on many mm-hmm. dates where I'm like, wow, I really enjoy this person's companionship. But after the date ends, I don't feel the connection is long lasting. Mm -hmm. So those are some questions we should be having too, because sometimes you could be having a great time with someone you don't really have a connection with. Yeah. And you also don't know where they're at too. Like Mm -hmm. some of these people, if they just move to a new city and don't really know anyone. Or live with their parents, (laughs) I need to get out. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) seriously, if they're like going, I mean, this guy was coming to your city too, right? So it was like a new experience Mm -hmm. for him. So he's not going to just come for like an hour. Right. Like he drove all this way, like he's going to like make something out of it. Like, so maybe it's like evaluating a little more why they're on this date. And it mm-hmm. might just be, it's not like necessarily asking like, why are you on this date? But like getting a feel of where they are in life, what they're looking for, all of that. Eliza, I have a question for you. On Bumble, <laughs> how far are you searching? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, well, I think it's only like 40 kilometers. It was because I was using this other app that I just got because my friend told me about it oh inner circle so how yeah, far and, were you and what is 40 it? kilometers for what's the equivalent to miles do you know offhand uh, <laughs> i don't think it's so like, 20 miles but i would say in the ballpark of 20 miles okay so it's not like crazy like a half an hour drive roughly yeah not too it's bad five it miles pretty close yeah, yeah so you wouldn't have gotten him if you were using bumble no, the thing about Inner Circle is it's based on cities, and there wasn't one for Waterloo, uh. so I put Toronto. <laughs> well, like, these are the challenges of maybe not being in a major city, right? Yeah, and the thing is, like, I go into Toronto a lot, because my brother lives there, and anytime you want to go anywhere, you have to go through Toronto, so I saw like, oh, whatever, I'll just... I wasn't really expecting to use it for very long, and then... Um, I think I matched with him the first day I was on it, and then we went on a date three days later. So everything was very accelerated. So when you guys met on Inner Circle, was he like thrown off by your location, or was he like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense? Yeah, not at all. He was uh, initially he was supposed to go to the cottage that weekend, and then plans changed. He's like, oh, I want to see you. Can I come up? And he was very much, he even planned our date in Waterloo. So he was the one like looking for restaurants. So this is this other thing, right? He was really doing all these things that normally you would look at and be like, oh, he's clearly very interested because he's the one moving things forward, right? Right. But Mm -hmm. I guess that's the thing is like, does that, I think that's like a false assumption, right? Like maybe he just wants to visit Waterloo. Yeah. Like, Waterloo's not a, she's got this guy. It's certainly not a destination one go. (laughs) You never know though. You never know. That's true. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's just like things like, it's hard when like, there's very traditional ways of showing interest, like texting, planning dates. But you at the I think this day and age, like people's like what they're looking for varies so dramatically that just those signs aren't necessarily enough to make an accurate statement. 
And this mm-hmm. is just one example. You said you, you've gone on a few of these marathon dates. What were the mm-hmm. other ones like and how did they end? It's time to take a quick break so we can tell you about our current sponsor, Care Of, a monthly subscription vitamin service that delivers completely personalized vitamin and supplement packs right to your door. Care Of will get you back on track to reach your health goals. Julie and I had so much fun taking the quiz on their website that asked about diet, health goals, and lifestyle choices. Within five minutes, we found out exactly what vitamins and supplements we specifically needed. Turns out both of us needed more B vitamins. When the vitamins arrived, they were in convenient individual packets with inspirational quotes. How cute. We loved tracking our progress with the Care of app where you can earn rewards when you remember to take your vitamins. And guess what? A portion of every sale goes towards the Good Plus Foundation, which provides expected mothers in need with valuable prenatal vitamins. So listen up. For dateable listeners only, you get 25% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins by visiting takecareof.com and enter the code dateable. That is takecareof.com and enter the code dateable. Now back to the show. You've gone on a few of these marathon dates. What were the Mm -hmm. other ones like and how did they end? So there was other ones like this would have been a second date. We ended up going, we play pool. I like to play pool. Uh, (laughs) Honestly, sort of a similar thing. We played pool. We got on really well. So he came over and then we went out to breakfast and that guy actually dated for two months, I think. But I noticed there was a similar thing where I felt like I really understood him. And then I realized he was a lot more introverted than I first noticed. And then I sort of, I didn't really understand him. And so I was sort of acting the way I've always acted. And all of a sudden he started acting differently and I couldn't really understand why. So then, of course, I got upset because I was like, well, you know, you used to be this way. And again, I'm aware used to be with two months hardly counts, but he was acting one way and then he was acting a different way. And so I think with me, I think, yeah, it's often I just I maybe go in way too fast and I just expect everyone to be exactly as they appear. And so I don't always read into sort of who this person is under the surface. But I think sometimes people um, put on a different face in the initial mm-hmm. stages of dating. Mm-hmm. And then as they become more comfortable, I mean, I think this is natural. It's not even just like them doing something manipulative. It's just like being uncomfortable with someone versus comfortable and start Mm -hmm. to like disclose more things. So it might not be that you did something wrong in this case. It might just be that that was the nature of this relationship and learning about this person. And like, Mm -hmm. sometimes like it does just take time to like see someone for who they are and realize if it's a fit or not. Yeah. I wonder if one of the things for me, I was with my ex for four years and before that I had boyfriends, but I never really dated and definitely not online dating Mm -hmm. and it's definitely it's way different right because when you know the person before you start dating you kind of have some of those foundations there but with online dating it's like you have no foundations about knowing this person at all and I know a lot of people they don't like to text all that much before actually meeting up so you're kind of starting from ground zero and I think maybe that's I have a difficult time with and that's in part why I decide to take a bit of a break yeah. Do you, on your dates, do you ever just hang out or are they mostly activity based? Yeah, often they're activity based. And that's, but even things like I'm happy to go for a walk or something, I don't really like going to coffee. I find I'm pretty chatty. I can, I can talk. It's not that much of a problem. I just find it kind of weird. I don't like sitting and staring at each other. And in part, it's also who I am. I like doing things. So mm-hmm. 
I want to be with someone who is also interested in doing things. So they don't have to like everything I like, but I, I like people who are outgoing and want to try things. And so I find it, it's kind of a good first indicator that we might get on if they're interested in trying something. Mm. I mean, I think the activity days are good for that use, but I could see maybe why you asked this is that like, if you're just playing pool, you're kind of focused on playing pool and like, yeah, you're chatting, but you're not having like necessarily deep conversations. So Mm -hmm. it might just be like a false, like pretense of how well you know someone because of how much time you spend if you're not actually having deep conversations that's true but do you think on first dates most people are having really deep conversations well actually it's funny julie and i just had this this discussion (laughs) and i think the old notion of first dates it's like oh like an informal get to know each other really lighthearted sort of thing but it really depends on what you're looking for. It sounds like you're looking for a connection. It sounds like you're looking for something sort of serious. So mm-hmm. why waste that first date on just surface level information about each other when you can get deep and find that connection versus like trying to mold that over time? Because what we've also found with modern dating is that most people don't get, get past the first two dates, really. So mm-hmm. why waste that time? I think first dates, if this is you're looking for a connection, there's a specific connection you're looking for, why not get deep and just get in it? Yeah, it sounds like you're looking to do it quick anyways, or that's just what's happening. So mm-hmm. you might as well try to get learn as much about someone as possible. That's true. I guess I wonder, um, because people, my mom in particular, she does tend to tell me that I move a bit too fast. And I wonder if I'm asking these pretty serious questions, I sort of wonder if you'd scare people off because they would maybe think, well, this is a first date. Why are you asking me like what That's my five year plan is? Such a great question, because if you are scaring them off, then they're not the right person that you're looking for. Yeah. If they're ready for this conversation, they're ready for a connection the same way you are, then these are the questions they want to ask you too. I mean, I think it comes down to what you're comfortable with at the end of the day, but probably it's like either if you you know that you're just going to like get attached quickly and learn a lot about someone that it probably makes sense to frame these in a more like intentional way and have these conversations. But if Mm -hmm. you're not comfortable with that, then the other option is to continue doing activities, but Mm -hmm. just not necessarily think that like keep your expectations in line that just because you spent a long time doesn't mean anything and you don't necessarily know all about someone. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. From that long date, from the guy that you told us about, is there like really essential information that you can recall about him of like who he is as a person? Uh, I would say so. Yeah, and one of the things I know is he's um, he was very driven. And one thing my friend pointed out is, you know, not being able to walk right now for someone who is so driven would might be very difficult to be around people because, you know, they're used to doing everything for themselves. And all of a sudden you're very reliant on other people. And that might be, it would be emotionally very difficult to take. So he might not sort of want to be around me because he might perceive it as sort of weak. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the problem with that is that that is all like between you and your friend. I think like, Mm -hmm you would maybe need to like have that conversation with him. I I feel like there's just a lot of assumptions and guesswork and trying to read each other's minds going on here. But you only know your own truth. We can only control our own feelings. So what you're saying is, 
I felt like I had a connection, a real connection with this guy. We had a great time together. I saw there there was potential. And I'm a little baffled by the fact that we haven't seen each other since. I think these are your truths. You should own up to them. And I don't think it hurts to tell him these things. To say, hey, Mm -hmm. I think we really had a, a special day together. And I'm just wondering what is going on in your life you know, I like to see you again, but if there's something stopping us, I like to know that instead of me just trying to guess what's yeah. going on. I think you should still do it. I think yeah. you should hit him up and just yeah. be like, Hey, how have you been? Just, and then basically what you just said. If you were able to strip down for someone and show them all your goodies, why can't you do the same verbally? Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's so funny though, because in this day and age, it's so much it's so easier yeah, it's to so... just like, yeah, like do the physical versus emotional. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. what? It really doesn't make sense when you really think about it. What do you have to lose? First of all, the guy is so far away from you. Right. You're never going <laughs> to run into him. You're, ne- you're not in the same social circles. And two, I think it will help you going forward in other dates. If this doesn't, if he says, listen, I'm just not in a good place to date right now. I do agree. We had a great connection. That's awesome to know. Now you can move on. And the next date you'll approach it differently. Learn something from this as opposed to trying to guess and make all these assumptions that are really hurting you. Mm -hmm. And I know like you said, like I'm on a dating hiatus, but I think maybe the problem isn't necessarily going on dates, Mm -hmm. but it's just having those conversations, setting your own internal expectations and looking at it like, hey, I'm going to see what happens with this person. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, like even if we have a great date that lasts 24 hours and two months, I might realize we're not a match. And that's just how dating is. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, uh, the whole thing about not dating is in part trying to figure out, okay, well, what do you want and how are you going to go about it? And there's also just, it stopped being fun, you know, I just Mm. like, yeah, I think, yeah. And so I just, you know, take a break for a little bit and do things and you know I do feel the more you kind of put yourself out there generally good things will happen so yeah that was kind of my approach to it but also use this time wisely I I say actually write down the things that you find that are no longer fun when it comes to dating and the things that you look forward to that were exciting, that were awesome when it came to dating. And then you just focus all your energy on the positives of dating as opposed to the negatives. And, Mm -hmm. And then also analyze your negatives, why you're feeling negatively about dating, why these things were no longer fun. And think of solutions. I think with any dating reset or hiatus, don't use that time to kind of simmer deeper into what happened before, but think about an action plan with going forward and make it very actionable. This is what I'm going to do when I get back into the dating scene. These are the things I'm going to do differently. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. What are some of our takeaways from this discussion? Time spent together is not always the best indicator of whether it's a good match or not, but you should always be grateful for someone who does give you all that time. Just at least appreciate the time you spent together. And two, I would say if you're looking for a deeper connection, looking for something real, don't be afraid to have those conversations on a first date. If you scare them off, you dodged a bullet. That means that you, if you scare them off on the first date, chances are you're going to scare them off on a third or a fifth date. <laughs> right. So why not just cut your losses then and find out on a first date? Right. I think my takeaway, it's like all about managing expectations too, because it's like we said, the only person you can really control is yourself. And you may like, there's not like a magic formula to any of this. Like you could go on a marathon date with one guy and that could end up being the person you marry. 
or you go on a marathon date and never hear from them again. Like, it's just not like a simple black and white. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just kind of like saying like, well, I had a great time. Obviously, I want to see this person again, putting yourself out there to do it and then just accepting that things may or may not flow in whatever direction. And that's in a way, like as long as you do all the things you can do, yeah, then that's all you can, really, all you can do. really do. No, I, I think I really that resonates with me a lot. And I think it's I tend to I, I maybe I'm a bit controlling. Like I'm I'm normally the one in my friend group who's like, we're doing this. I'm the organizer. Yeah. And I think part of me, I take that approach of it when it comes to dating as well. And so I sort of write off that there is another pretty important factor when you're dating <laughs> and it's the other person. So, yeah, you can do what you can do as much as you can do, but you only really have control over yourself. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely I, have felt this way and I feel like I've been like really trying to like let things go a little more because I'm kind of the <laughs> same way that I'm like a little controlling and especially like this, what you said about like coming up with like all these things that could be going on with them. Mm -hmm. Like that is definitely something I've caught myself doing in a long time ago and have been trying to really be like, you don't know what's going on with someone. No idea. Like the only way you will is if you talk to that person, like you can sit and like brainstorm with your friends for hours, but it almost like it's just a waste of time. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. What are your takeaways, Eliza? Yeah, I think exactly what we we're just talking about that I need to maybe be a bit more vocal about what I'm looking for. But at the same time, understand that when you just meet someone, you know, you don't know what's really going on with their life. And also, when you first meet people, people aren't always necessarily comfortable telling you everything. So maybe just hold back a little bit. And sometimes things go slower and that's okay, or they go faster, but you just have to manage your expectations, I think would be the most important thing for me that just because you like the person and you seem to get on really well on this one date for 24 hours, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean it's going to necessarily go anywhere. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. But you know, if you if you don't expect everything to work out, I think you sort of approach things in a more, I don't want to say healthy, but I think it's a more useful way of approaching things. Yeah, or productive. We definitely need to decipher the difference between companionship and a connection. I get the two mixed up a lot of the time because sometimes you just want someone to hang out with, someone to do mm -hmm. activities with, right. and we've mistaken that for a real connection. Well, it's not. So let's just figure that out from, um, from our dates going forward. Cool. Any other takeaways, everyone? No, I think this has been a great yeah. discussion. Thank you, yeah. Eliza, for bringing this topic. I mean, when we heard from you from the um, online forum, I was like, this is great because I feel like this is just so relatable to people. And yeah. it's just like, this day and age, it's confusing what things mean. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes maybe we just have to be in the moment and say, I am so lucky to have found someone that I wanted to spend 24 hours with. Yeah. You know, that's pretty awesome. Most people don't have that opportunity or have that sort of time with someone. So that's just be grateful for your time together. Yeah. You know, listeners, we love to hear from your stories. Either you're like Eliza where you go on marathon dates or you're the opposite. You go on like one hour dates or we know someone who goes on five minute dates. <laughs> your strategy too. And we can all learn from each other in this whole dating world. All right. So we're going to wrap this up. Stay, Stay dateable. dateable. Your action item for this week is to stop associating the length of a date with the success of a date. Then create a whole new system of how to assess the success of a date. Maybe it's how comfortable you felt being yourself, 
how intrigued you were by your date and want to get to know them more, or how much eye contact was made. This episode of Dateable is brought to you by 500 Brunches. 500 Brunches connects like-minded people with similar interests to meet in real life over brunch. You answer a quick questionnaire about your interests and how you spend your time, and then they'll match you in small groups of six to eight at a brunch spot in San Francisco. Get a free entry into a brunch now by signing up at 500brunches.com and using the code DATEABLE. If you didn't know already, we have a revamped website with articles, videos, and content all about modern dating. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We've had some great feedback about how actionable these episodes are. So check them out on our website or iTunes Music. Also, visit the site today to see the latest about coaching, where we connect you with dateable approved experts to help with everything from dating profile reviews, coaching, and even gathering real feedback about your dating style in a personalized and affordable way. To connect with us, visit datablepodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under Dateable Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and auto-download the podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast player so you never miss an episode. 